You're listening to DraftKings Network. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. I don't know. Nobody who doesn't know what the too many men penalty is like should probably be listening to this podcast anyway so yeah. or yeah, no. well yeah, there's like a, a venn diagram and it's like i don't know if this is venn diagram format but do like, you understand too many men <laughs> do you do you listen to this podcast and it's the answer are you a white man who hates women third circle exactly yeah, third no circle. you cannot know about the penalty but still listen if you aren't gonna comment Hey everybody, this is Allison Lucan. We are back with a, a necessary episode of Too Many Men. Y'all may be sick of us already after hanging out with us for almost four hours last night. I must say it was a lot of fun. We thank all of you guys who joined us for the Game 4 watch party. We had a blast and we appreciate everyone who turned out. Um, and we stuck through it all. We stuck through all three periods and into overtime. We had some great guests. A shout out to Joe Smith from The Athletic, Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet and The Jeff Merrick Show, and Mike Ryan from our wonderful Meadowlark family. But as soon as we signed off, my friends, and were reveling in the narrative that Nazem Kadri had scored the game-winning goal after coming back from missing all of the games of this final due to a thumb injury and surgery, we all logged off. We thought it was great. We thought it was fine. And then John Cooper went to the podium and John Cooper had some dramatic words where he had to tell us all in one answer that lasted approximately two minutes that he was just distraught for his team and that we would all see what he meant when he said they should still be playing. And from there, my friends, hockey Twitter took over. And wouldn't you know, on the day that too many men had their live game watch, there was a too many men insinuated missed call. I am here with my intrepid co-hosts, Sarah Sivian of The Athletic. Sarah, how are you? What are your immediate reactions to the fact that too many men is basically taking over the hockey universe right now? First of all, guys, I just came onto this podcast and looked like, you know, when you were like seven years old and you were like, Mom, I threw up at like three in the morning and like, you're like, oh, I guess you can't go to school. But that was me. I just had like a panic attack in my house. And then I am like, why do I feel this way? And I looked at my heat and my heat was on and the AC was off and it is North Carolina. It's 102 degrees. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, Allison has my like vasal nerves nerves covered. She's like, okay, but I'm I'm nursing myself back to health and I'm okay. But we had to do this podcast. Um, I too many men. Um, there were comments on our YouTube channel that were like, wow, you guys are ne- like uh, purposely 
made up this podcast title today because of this rule that happened. It's like people are never happy. Like, no, we've had this podcast name since 2020, and they just so happened to listen to the podcast and get caught up in Too Many Men. So I have thoughts about this call. Um, I don't think it was that big of a fucking deal. I, I think if I am the referee, and now that I've looked at multiple angles and watched it go down in, in seconds and I've seen the breakdown, I think if you're going to call this too many men every time, we're gonna get 40 too many men calls every game. You don't fucking want that. I do think the rules in the rule book, and this is the hill that I am going to die on when I actually die. I think we need to change the rule book and make things more specific. No one knows what goaltender interference is. There's a, there's a few other controversial things. There's ways that we can change officiating where maybe they'd be able to catch something like this. Like one official should be in the box with an iPad looking at this stuff. We have the technology now. We just haven't updated it. And whenever I talk to people in the NHL, like not players, but like NHL executives, they're like, yeah, that'd take like five years and the NHLPA is already pissed off at us for COVID. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I think you should still change the rule. But like, I, the, the excuse shouldn't be that it's going to take five years. Then it's just going to take five more years. And we keep talking about this on this podcast. I would also like to point out to our listeners who are taking in some video that we may be sharing that we did encourage Sarah to consider taking off the sweatshirt <laughs> when she was too hot. However, well, this was Jeff, not an option. Jeff went Michigan yesterday. I had to go Penn State today, but it was the first thing I saw. I was literally like in my head in slow-mo, like I'm going to pass out. So I grabbed this sweatshirt. I'm not even wearing pants. I'm like, I'm on this podcast because we have to talk about this too many men call. <laughs> we are, of course, also joined. We're, we're so caught up in this whole just mess of, of just, obviously, this was a whole dedication to our live show um, that we're, we're shaking up the way we introduce our co-hosts. And, of course, we would be nothing without the illustrious Shana Goldman from The Athletic. Shana, say hi. Hi. Do you know what's amazing? Tell me. This is the first word I've said. And three F-bombs have been dropped already. I know. Not by me. Well, it's because we're, we're not drinking time, today. I know, but every, well, yeah, but I'd be saying it anyway. But every time Sarah said it, I'm like, yes, each one. <laughs> we got an explicit. I actually have logo a leftover. Because of you. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Leftover from Is last it, night. Was it open last night, or did you no, open it today? No, I wanted to try it. It's the blueberry boyfriend. It looks very cute. Oh, that, that is. is oh, I love that. Yeah. That is cute. I had a few okay. leftover because I didn't drink all six. So <laughs> shocking. So, <laughs> So, Shayna, what was your initial take on this controversy as we watched it unfold? I think it was too many men on both sides if we're going to make that argument. So, look, I get that Cooper's in the heat of the moment and he's upset. And, like, I don't blame him because I think losing a close game like that, especially in overtime and putting your team on the brink of elimination, like, it's emotional. Versus losing 8 nothing, you feel like dog shit for, like, three hours versus for 2.1 seconds when you thought you had a shot to tie the series. Like, it's a huge swing this game, so I get it. Um, but, like, on the other hand, I look at it and I'm like, okay, no one had the time to digest for a second that this is something on both sides. And on the other hand, like, there's nothing that can be done about it. And if you want something to be done about it, you get yourself into, like, this trap situation. We can look at rule changes with Coach's Challenge, my favorite, over the years. 
Like, it was an overtime goal, I think scored by Tampa Bay, if I remember correctly, against Montreal in round one that started the offside challenges because there was a goal that won the game and that was offside and it, you know, changed the whole series. Um, Missed stoppages, was it Columbus that that involved with the puck hitting the netting and going out of play and now we have that. So, obviously, it takes something big happening in the playoffs to spur rule changes apparently because if it affects the series that much rightfully so i mean if a regular game on a tuesday night arizona versus la is not going to thread the needle a team being put on the brink of elimination in the postseason or anything like that is going to cause drama um but how do you fix this do you it's just also reactive like you're saying like it takes a playoff game where something consequential that you still talk about 10 years later is happening to change a rule and then everybody's pissed off both sides nobody's happy like it just seems like we're arguing about the officiating every series of every playoff run every year and it some of it i do think is a little bit dramatic some of it could help with a pool reporter getting quotes from an official, but officials aren't allowed to have Twitter. I mean, I got one now. I've seen like Tim Peel go off. I'm like, yeah, maybe he made that rule. But it's just like we don't, we lay people don't really talk to officials, so we don't really know what it's like. But it really is. The more I talk to them, at least, it kind of it makes sense that they're just humans. Like they, I feel like the league dehumanizes them because they don't want to put attention on, like. With the true issue at hand, which would be maybe too many men should be at like a sec, like a few seconds. Like we should have in a specific how many seconds can there be too many men? Because when I see an overtime line change in the Stanley Cup final, I know these guys are tired as hell, and I know there's so many of these like kind of lazy line changes, and I don't. He was onside. McKinnon was onside, right? Like watching that, I don't know. I. Allison, what are your takes on this? Yeah, so let's break this down because I think, you know, you hit on a really important point for me, Sarah, and I've always said this about offside as well. I get the intention of the rule, but I have personally been saying for a while now that I think offside should have a time limitation on it. If there's an offside play and a goal happens two minutes later, like, come on. The offside play didn't influence whether or not that goal happened, but they still call the goal back, and I hate that. So let's break this down a couple different ways because you were literally reading my mind, Sarah, with your comments in that, and I said this to you guys last night because we were all chatting about this and sharing all the stuff as it came out. Let's talk about what actually happened on the ice first. My personal take was, yes, there were six Avalanche players on the ice. However, McKinnon was in no way influencing the play, in my opinion. And then you look behind the Avalanche and there are seven Tampa Bay players on the ice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm with you, Sarah. I feel like on any given game night, there have been multiple instances where I have looked out at the ice. I'm like, that's too many men. And the officials are just acknowledging that a line change is happening. And there's some sort of judgment call happening. Should it or shouldn't it? I don't know. I like your idea of a time limit. But if, if the line change, if it is clearly a line change, and if there is not direct impact on the play, I didn't have an issue with this not being called one tiny bit at all because I feel like we see this play, and to your point, Shana, we see this play all the time in the regular season, and no one gives a shit. And now, because of the tenor of the game and because it was a a game-deciding goal, this is the end-all, be-all. Now, Shana, let me ask you this before we get more back into this too-many-men call. 
there has been a little bit of noise, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a really freaking good point. Um, is John Cooper making all this noise about the missed call to perhaps deflect attention that, and we were saying this last night, his team was soundly outplayed in overtime by the Colorado Avalanche? It's possible. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, like, it's hard on the players, especially like this group. They want to win a third straight. It's not like, I mean, look, it's going to be hard on any players, but like, you're seconds away from what you think maybe you have a chance, a lucky bounce, and anything to to tie this series. Like, it's such, this was the game of the series so far, I think, because you have to either win three straight, good fucking luck, or, and you have to win one on the road, you know, your next game, you don't have the crowd support, then, you know, we have the altitude issues that we love so much, like, the road's only getting steeper for them, so if you can take attention away from your players, you're doing something good, and I feel like, like, as media, it's hard to understand that, because we, everyone has jobs to do, I mean, if you're standing there in that scrum, you want your quote, and now the story changed because you have Cooper's dramatic answer when there are legitimate questions you might have for him, but guess what? If he just made his players' lives a little bit easier that they don't have to wake up in the morning and see 3,000 articles written up about this player having a dog shit night, that's a good thing for them. Sarah, you hit on something, and I've, I've thought about this for a while. We don't, if you're working media, if you're any media, to be honest, we don't have access to officials to talk to them about how they call a game. And I think... People may not understand, maybe even the league doesn't understand. I don't think that this would be ever a pitchfork situation. There are a lot of times we just want to understand what the heck happened. If, if you could have talked to those officials after this game, have you even thought about what you would ask them or what you would want them to explain to you or what information you'd like to hear from them? I'd want them to explain what they consider, to, like what is the line of too many men? Because I do think for me, or like to explain to people kind of if they're seeing a shot of a picture of the ice and there's too many men, how that doesn't necessarily mean that that penalty needs to be called. Because like, of course you can, it's like when people call a hit dirty and then they take a screenshot or put it in slow-mo. It's like one shot of this doesn't really tell the whole story at all. So I'd like them to explain the nuances of that and how they interpret the rule. But then it goes back to like, for me, the rule should say something like it needs to be an egregious like instance or something like that. But I do feel like the reason the league doesn't have pool, um, a pool reporter talk to officials sometimes is because the league is protecting itself. Because then when the official answers and it's like an adequate response, you're like, oh, well, why is that the rule then? Like that's the next pecking order thing to do. So Sarah's talked about this. Do we have ideas? Sarah threw out, is there a time limit? Um, there is already written into the rule a, a distance that a we player... Because we, we all have a tape measure right there on the ice. We know. Among us, you can't see five feet. You can't look five feet and go, nope. Five feet. That's nope. four, four feet, four, ten eight. inches. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. We do know there's a distance determination. Sarah's thrown out a time determination. Shana, something you were pointing out last night on Twitter, too, was that too many men is currently not a reviewable infraction. What, if any, rule changes would you want to see made to the idea of too many men that don't already exist written into the rule today? Um, so there's two things I'd want to see. One, I, I like the official from above. I think that they can have replay access 
and I think that they should have an earpiece that they can, you know, there are misplays that we see. I think people are going to complain if too many penalties are called, and people are going to claim if not enough penalties are called, and even when the right amount are called, then it's like, who's deciding it's the right amount? And, like, no one's ever going to be happy, and I fully understand that. That said, I think it would help to have an eye in the sky. Coaches have an eye in the sky to adjust during games. Why don't referees? Just just one, one person, I think, would help um, as an extra voice, even if it's them calling, if they have, like, a button they could press or something, or a way to alert a ref to raise their hand about something and do the official signal in the whole nine yards, you know, unless we're going to have a camera flash up to them. That would be so dramatic. No, um, <laughs> eye in the sky referee I'd like to see. I don't think that there should necessarily be a challenge for missed penalties because I think if you do, then you add in the same conversation that we still have about offside, which is like a time limit. How long before a play, is it directly, you know, in a direct infraction that leads to it? Like if someone gets their stick slashed out of their hands and on that same sequence, someone else like their stick goes and then a goal scored. Like, I think that there's a conversation to be had there, but I think you're getting into so many details that maybe we didn't have before and rightfully so. But I think in overtime games, and this is the only time I think it's worthwhile to do it, I think an overtime goal should be checked for everything. And yes, there should be a time limit on it, so it shouldn't be back in the defensive zone, blah, blah, blah. But if there is something like a too many men that's a little bit more egregious, because I think now both teams get penalties, so play stops, like I think they negate themselves. But, like, in the instance that there is an actual too many men penalty or an actual slash or a cross check or something like that in the play, to, you know, leading directly to it, or even a goalie interference penalty, something that isn't already challengeable, I think it would be nice if overtime goals got reviewed by the league just to make sure that they're good so there aren't any direct impacts on games because within a regular goal there can be two but I think over time there's too much pressure so and those would be league-wide views reviews no matter what this isn't you know time or place for a challenge I think that's something that would be nice to have there's another aspect to this that and and I love all of you people who were banging this drum last night but it made me just roll my eyes and that was people posting (laughs) screenshots of the game sheet from the NHL Um, For those of you who may not look at the game sheets regularly, that's totally fine. We don't blame you at all. But um, I've had to look at these. I know Sarah for sure has gotten handed these sometimes after every period for years. And here's the deal, folks. They're usually very wrong very often. If you were at our game watch last night, you know that they changed the goal score on the McKinnon goal. What was it? Three times Mm -hmm. before it settled down. And so people were pointing out that uh, the game sheet was published with six avalanche skaters plus the goaltender on the ice. Um, And the irony is that the skater that was ultimately removed from the sheet was truly an error. That skater wasn't even on the ice. So it was truly an error. And, you know, then there was this whole controversy about, oh, here's the new sheet. Now it's fixed and now it's removed. and It's a conspiracy. Y'all, I hate to tell you. Even though puck and player tracking is coming to the NHL, that is not the information that is driving the stats that we see right now today. This information is being tracked by humans. Humans make mistakes. And I mean, Sarah, I don't know. I feel like I see this literally two to three times a week on games I cover. How frequently do you think? And and it's fine. This is normal. It is normal that these changes happen. How often do we really see these game sheets change within one single game on any given night? Yeah, you're 100% correct. And it brings me back to a larger point of human error that people like it's it's a lot of people from Toronto usually too, like in the media. I'm always seeing they got to do something about the officials. What? 
they're humans too and like sometimes they will have human error and make mistakes this is the fastest hardest game to official to officiate to official and i'm just like thinking even about the too many men penalty like it that's probably not what they're looking for at that moment when they're looking at the ice and the puck and the players around the net it's like it was so it happened so fast and it's not like exactly on their mind right now like i kind of like shana's um suggestion for overtime goals like that might be a solution because things seem to happen for obvious reasons and like it's so consequential but it's never i don't know like who needs to hear this but it's never going to be a hundred percent accurate we're just humans doing our best like all of us what else did I miss that we saw go on on hockey Twitter that we need to break down about how to really understand that, yes, there were too many men, there were too many men on both sides. Did, did, did the lack of this call drive the game to a result that you didn't feel was earned, Shayna? No, like if we, if we didn't have human error too, like then there's more technology in the game, which there's a million people complaining about. And with the goal sheets and the changes in it, so when BAMTech took over for NHL, NHL TV streaming, they added goal milestones in, something I have had the honor of working on. And every time a goal milestone goes live, we have to check them. I cannot tell you how many a night would have to be corrected. And it would be obvious plays that you were watching the games live. That's our job. And you look at it and you see there are two passes that preceded it. And here's the first goal milestone. And it says a goal scorer unassisted. This shit happens constantly. And by the time you get the push notification, it might be different from what's already up and what's immediately put into the system. And that's what goes. That stuff gets corrected all of the time, let alone the stuff that changes after games that I, you know, I don't know how often that gets uh, updated. This stuff happens constantly. So the conspiracy theories have to stop. And I can't tell you how many plays I would check the game sheet to figure out who was on the ice if I couldn't see it to figure out who had the assist so I could be like, this is what needs to be corrected. And that wasn't right initially either. It happens all the time. But I, I think that's the biggest thing people need to remember, like they're humans. And if you say, well, maybe we shouldn't have human error in it, then you have all technology, then you'll complain about replay times and everything else. So no one's gonna be happy because no one ever wants to be happy. Yeah, but I'm I, not, <laughs> go, go. I'm not trying to be like uh, an officiating apologist, but I do think the more it's like, I've actually got to talk to them, a few, like a few of them now that I'm in the media and some of them that I've known have retired. And it's like, you hear this whole other side that like, I, I was right there with you complaining and I still am complaining about certain things, but I do think there needs to be more nuance and we're all kind of distracted from the fact that there's a reason all of this is so frustrating and that like no side would be like, what if they called this too many men? Like, would abs fans be pissed because it's like they had put the whistles away for ha like the second half Is of the entire the, game the penalty two to call in overtime yeah like, exactly i don't think in so. overtime we never see yeah penalties unless they're so egregious and even when they are egregious sometimes it's like well they're not calling anything at least it's on both sides and in this case they didn't call them on either side yep that exactly. it was too small of a of a penalty and i guess that's another thing people have an issue with but like we talked about this before which way do you prefer it? A million penalties called or none? Because it's got, you have to figure out 
if you go in, in the middle, there's too much gray area. And yes, the players asked for more, and we saw that in round one. How many complaints were there that the you know the game pace was messed up because there were so many penalties and the rise in scoring and the games being more lopsided than people wanted because there were more power plays and therefore more goal scoring like it, it that it, no matter what no one can be happy about everything I mean take a fucking poll and you'll have a million different results and like Sarah <laughs> so, speaking of that a shout out to borrow your phrase which just always makes me laugh our brothers in Christ who are the Islanders fans. <laughs> found some great schadenfreude last night because immediately every single Islanders fan took to Twitter to point out that this same situation resulted in a game-winning goal by Tampa over the Islanders' last playoffs. In the Eastern Conference Final, pretty important. I will point, I will ask you the same question I asked Shana with a little bit of a different twist. Was this just karma coming for Tampa or did Colorado, even with the controversy over this play, did the game get the right outcome based on the totality of how both teams played? I mean, Colorado dominated in overtime, and they had been really good after that goal they got. And it was a very close game up until it wasn't, and they turned the tides themselves. I, it wasn't like a fluky goal either. It was just kind of like I get – like I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of if I was a fan of the Lightning. Yeah, I, I don't think – I would say karma exists in that situation, right? Like the ref should have got it right both times. But at the same time, I'm just like, like not everything has to be something. No, Steven Stamkos needed to get the goal out quicker. Yeah. He (laughs) got that out quick. He didn't do it quick enough. If he could have hopped behind Vasilevsky, played goalie, here we go, another high blocker goal, and everyone's going to be dramatic about that too, right? They're going to be like, oh, it's his weak spot. But... (laughs) So we basically here at the show, we just like to thank the NHL for making game four all about too many men, because as Sarah mentioned in our mentions, there seem to be a lot of butthurt people who don't understand that too many men is actually a penalty. So this is actually a call to the universe to point out to all the men in our mentions who didn't understand what too many men actually is and that it's an actual penalty. Sarah, I didn't dare go look at the YouTube. How bad was that based on what you were mentioning earlier? Um, well, somebody was just like, wow, way to get, like, what was it even? Way to fake us out and think you were talking about the too many men penalty. I'm like, you can't <laughs> win. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. So I don't know. Nobody who doesn't know what the too many men penalty is like should probably be listening to this podcast anyway so or well there's like a a venn diagram and it's like i don't know if this is venn diagram format do you understand too many men (laughs) do you do you listen to this podcast and if the are you a white man who hates women third circle exactly no you cannot know about the penalty but still listen if you aren't gonna comment something hateful yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, it's funny. We got a me- Sarah and I got a message last night from an editor saying like we'll be number one on the podcast charts with everybody. Um, yeah, we better be with everyone looking this up. Like we should do an emergency podcast so we stay top of the race. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we did have a blast, and we do want to say that the attention should have centered on what a great story the Nazem Kadri return to playing goal was. And I would like to thank one of our listeners who brought it to my attention that I was mispronouncing. Uh, Kadri's name. Thank you for that. I apologize for the error, and we always want to be better. So when we make mistakes, um, please come to us. 
um, with the intention to help us be better, and we will always hear that feedback. So thank you, and I apologize for the earlier errors. Shane and Sarah were adorable. They're like, we just thought maybe we screwed it up. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're both smarter yeah. than me. You need to remind me of these no, things. And, no, so. no. And if people want to point out my errors, I hope you get like one of those five subject notebooks, something really <laughs> fucking thick. Because uh, I mean, I, got, I, I had a conversation with Dom today about AP style. I didn't know what it stood for. Because he said CP. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, well, what's AP? And I'm like, for writing style like I know what that is and he's like what does it stand for I was like I don't fucking know he's like don't you use it I'm like yeah yeah I do but like I never knew well we'll 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 come back to that later We uh, we usually do wrap uh, our show with a fuck, Mary kill, but I'm going to change things up um, on my co-hosts and surprise them with a little bit of a question, because um, as we get back together, even after spending all that time together last night, it just reminds me how much fun we had. So I'm going to ask us each to wrap um, with a quick thought on what your highlight of last night's live game watch was your favorite memory it could be funny it could be pointy it could be a moment in the game anything you think Shayna, what was your highlight from last night and all the great folks who joined us for our game watch i think it was really funny that we got jeff merrick to play fuck mary kill um but hmm, i think sarah's delay <laughs> sarah's delay was like the highlight because we were like giving her advance notice to make <laughs> to make sure she pays attention like here you go 20 seconds something will happen I need to live life on a delay. <laughs> Sarah, what was your highlight? Um, I like that I can now say I made Jeff Merrick cry. Um, <laughs> my question about women's hockey. And then I liked interacting with some of the Lebetard and Friends fans and getting a feel for kind of what some of the inside jokes have been and like what the audience is like. I think that's pretty important when you're making new friendships so thanks everybody for stopping by i appreciated that well yours my my favorite moment i'm gonna be completely shallow is that now too many men is just memes for days Mm -hmm. thanks to the penalty call no but seriously i i thought it was really really cool to have people show up and i thought it was it was great to see so many people who maybe didn't know us or our show really well check us out and say they enjoyed it and let us and interact with us and ask us questions and i thought that was that was a real blast. So uh, we just wanted to pop on real quick and hit y'all back up and say, when there's a game deciding too many men non-call, you know it's like the bat signal. We have to come back and talk <laughs> yeah, to you again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we appreciate you always tuning in. Uh, we will be back. Uh, Colorado is up 3-1 in the Stanley Cup final series. So. There's obviously going to be some important hockey to break down coming up here soon. We'll be with you for that. Uh, We, again, appreciate everyone who came for the live uh, game watch. Hopefully we'll do more stuff like that soon and in the future. And, uh, my friends, did I miss anything? No. Got it all down in 30 seconds, 30 minutes flat. I've also revived. Not going to faint. I was going to ask you, how's your body temperature? How are we feeling? I'm feeling better. Okay. Well, until then, um, we do want to give a shout out to the people who won our prizes from last night's Game Watch. If you want your own Too Many Men merchandise and did not win one of our prizes last night, you can check out our store. The link is in our Twitter bio, which you can find at two underscore much underscore man. You can also find out more information about the show at our website, Too Many Men Pod. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. We, as always, thank you all for joining us. We thank you all for being open-minded and supportive of everyone, regardless of their different choices and pathways to happiness. Let's all be happy. Let's all let each other live and support each other in getting to those goals. We will talk again soon. Love you. Bye.